Coinbase and the SEC battle it out in a New York federal court, and there's a lot you need to know about it. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. From crypto courtrooms to meme coin millionaires, we've got it all here, so make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. So it was a big day in crypto yesterday as Coinbase took on the SEC in federal court. So firstly, we're going to cover the arguments from that hearing yesterday and all of the key points. Then we're going to look at Donald Trump, who is vowing to never allow CBDCs in the US. Jamie Dimon calls Bitcoin a pet rock. Van Eck closes their Bitcoin ETF. No, not that one. And a meme coin trader became a millionaire in the weirdest way. So yesterday was a more significant day in crypto than many might have realized. The SEC's lawsuit against Coinbase was in a federal court in New York, and it's a seminal case for the future of crypto in the United States. Okay, let's add a little bit of background here. On the 6th of June 2023, the SEC sued Coinbase, alleging that the cryptocurrency exchange violated several securities laws and that 13 tokens listed were securities. These tokens were Solana, Cardano, Polygon, Filecoin, The Sandbox, Axie Infinity, Chili's, Flow, Internet Computer, Near, Voyager, Dash, and Nexo. The court appearance yesterday was set to hear arguments on Coinbase's motion to dismiss this case. Ana Paula Pereira covered the story yesterday and cited Jeremy Hogan, a partner at Hogan & Hogan, who said that while motions to dismiss are rarely granted, the district judge in this case, Catherine polk Filer, has dismissed crypto cases before. Hogan wrote, Based on the judge's prior dismissal of the Uniswap case, her clear understanding of the technology, her finding that ETH is a commodity and acknowledgement that Congress should be involved in this process, I'll be very interested to see how this plays out. In a similar vein, a crypto legal expert, Meta Lawman, wrote on X that the judge will be posing some tough questions to the SEC's lawyers. So what happened? Well, the hearing lasted nearly five hours and covered a lot of ground. Anna has done a great job of summarizing the key points in this hearing and to get an exhaustive breakdown of them, make sure you read her article. It's linked in the description below. However, I will give you a high level summary. A lot of the case, as to be expected, is revolving around the Howey test. If you're not sure what that is, the Howey test was developed in 1946 and it determines what qualifies as an investment contract and thus is subject to US security laws. Crypto is a grey area with many arguing that the Howey test needs to be updated with digital assets in mind. Senator Cynthia Lummis said, we've had a good run. We've had 90 years where these securities laws have been able to apply to these markets, but now we have something new. The SEC argued yesterday that Coinbase were interpreting the Howey test differently. And they said, we think they're making up a new test. We believe that our position is the one that's most faithful and consistent, but in fact, compelled by the Howey test. It's not just a plausible reading as they claim it is. The next major theme of yesterday's hearing still hinges on the Howey test, and that's the drafting in of the Terraform Labs and Ripple cases. The Terraform's lab case concluded that it had sold digital assets as securities without registration. And the Ripple case found that its institution institutional sales violated securities laws, but that the XRP token itself wasn't a security, as well as, and this is pertinent, secondary trades of it could not be considered an investment agreement. So each of these cases does differ from one another, including Coinbase's, but the SEC's lawyers argued that our perspective is that they're identical in terms of the Howey test that applies. Coinbase's legal team hit back by questioning the legal requirements for establishing an investment contract under US law. They said, an investment contract at a minimum requires 
to the contracting parties to agree or scheme together that the contractee will invest in the contractor's profit-seeking endeavor. This angle was pressed further by Coinbase's lawyers as they pulled apart the differences between tokens and stocks. It got rather deep in places, but Anna summarized the argument neatly when she wrote, Coinbase argue that token holders don't receive dividends or have legal rights over a project just because they own tokens, which is different from stocks. It's difficult to call which way the hearing went yesterday, and I'm sensitive to the fact that many of my sources are crypto-leaning. However, from my ventures outside of the echo chamber, it does feel as if Judge Filer is asking the right questions. Paul Gruel, the chief legal officer at Coinbase, took to X after the case to summarize and wanted to make one thing clear. He wrote, After hours and hours, this much remains clear. The SEC continues to claim broad authority over all investments while offering no limiting principle to its definition of investment contract. This case really is paramount to crypto in the US and really worldwide, so I'll be following it closely and keeping you informed. Yesterday also saw the former president of the United States and current Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump giving a campaign speech in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. The narrative was a familiar one and Trump promised to protect the American people from government tyranny. However, one element to this plan was involving central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, and Trump said, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency, adding that such a currency would give a federal government, our federal government, the absolute control over your money. They could take your money and you wouldn't even know it was gone. Trump went on to call CBDCs a dangerous threat to freedom that he will stop. While Trump is a highly divisive figure both inside and outside of the US, his views on CBDCs are not all that extreme. Many inside crypto do not want CBDCs and do not view them as crypto in any meaningful way, given that they are issued by, backed by, and regulated by a country's central bank. That flies in the face of much of the crypto ethos, not least through a lack of decentralization. But I'm curious to know what you think on all this, tweet us on at Cointelegraph and at RKBags. I want to weave in a story from William Suberg, who does brilliant market analysis for Cointelegraph. The piece is worth reading for the insight into Bitcoin's current movements, or lack thereof. Bitcoin slipped again a little yesterday, but has more or less stabilized and various industry folk gave their two pence on the immediate future. One standout for me was the trader Crypto Tony, who wrote, I expect Bitcoin to range between $47,000 and $38,000 over the next few months. More attention to altcoins to come. I'll plant a flag now. I think the altcoin narrative is something I will end up covering frequently over the next few months, but we'll see. Anyway, the main reason I wanted to include this piece is good old Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan Chase, and he has been saying things again. The words are slightly different, but the message isn't. At the annual gathering for the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, Dimon told CNBC, there are cryptocurrencies that do something, they might have value, and then there's the ones that do nothing. I call it a pet rock, the Bitcoin, or something like that. He went on to say, I'm not trying to make a joke here. There are use cases, AML, fraud, anti-money laundering, tax avoidance, sex trafficking. I'm going to sidestep the fact that he used anti-money laundering twice in that short list. But do I need to point out again that these use cases are wildly misrepresentative of Bitcoin and the majority of them have been completely debunked? Or perhaps that his JP Morgan is an authorized participant in spot Bitcoin ETFs? Dimon also claimed that this will be the last time he mentions Bitcoin on their network. Spoiler. It won't be. But in all honesty, the segment is worth watching. I'll link to the video in the description of this episode under references. Dimon does talk up blockchain, tokenization of assets, and even some cryptocurrencies that do something, as he puts it. He mostly seems to oppose Bitcoin. I think this is a lesser discussed angle of Dimon on crypto, obscured by the plumes of statement on Bitcoin that are patently unfair. I want to know what cryptocurrencies he believes do something. 
If you glanced at a Van Eck headline yesterday, you might have had the same reaction I did, which was, wait, what? I then saw some tweets to that effect, so let's break down what actually happened. Yesterday, Van Eck announced that its board of trustees had approved the liquidation and dissolution of the Bitcoin strategy ETF on the CBO BZX exchange. This is not the recently approved Spot Bitcoin ETF. A week after the approval of that Spot Bitcoin ETF by the SEC, the asset management firm stated that Van Eck continuously monitors and evaluates its ETF offerings across a number of factors, including performance, liquidity, assets under management, and investor interest, among others. The decision was made to liquidate the fund based on an analysis of these factors and other operational considerations. This ETF has been listed since November 2021, and shareholders can sell their shares until the 30th of January, but it will be delisted on the 6th of February. Van Eck suggested on X that the approval of their Van Eck Bitcoin Trust ETF last week, with the ticker HODL, is the reason for the closure of the Bitcoin Futures ETF. So fear not, nothing to worry about, just good old-fashioned progress. The final story is a bizarre one about a meme coin trader who made over a million dollars in under 10 days. The blockchain data provider Look On Chain used Etherscan data to break this story on X. I'm just going to read this tweet. In just 10 days, this trader turned $300 into $1.03 million. How did he do it? After noticing that Elon Musk had changed his Twitter profile to CTO, Chief Troll Officer, the trader immediately withdrew 4.313 ETH, around $10,000, from Binance and spent 4.3 ETH to buy 19.37 trillion troll token. He then sold 9.37 trillion troll for 5.318 ETH, which was $12,467 to get the cost back. And as of this tweet yesterday, he still holds 10 trillion troll, which is worth $1.03 million. So what is troll? Well, as Tom Mitchell Hill wrote in this article, Troll was initially launched in April 2023, and like all meme coins, experienced a brief price surge before retracing to near its launch price. That all changed on January the 9th, when Musk changed his ex-bio and sent the token surging over 150,000% in three days. Elon Musk, sometimes on purpose, sometimes by accident, seems to be the puppet master of meme coins. You might remember that in 2021, he tweeted about Dogecoin and sent it to the moon. This happened again when a completely unaffected affiliated meme coin called Grok shared the same name as Musk's AI project. It immediately became one of the biggest meme coins in the space and reached a market cap of nearly $200 million in November. Nevertheless, this meme coin trader managed to troll his way to a million dollars. That was a fun little palate cleanser after the heavy legal talk at the start, but that is it for today, so consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing, leaving a review or sharing this podcast with another cryptopian. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow. 